Hi, this is Jules Alejandro with the Pieces to Wait podcast. And um, here the season is on feminism from different perspective. And we have Nicole here from Detour Fancy. Hi, Nicole. Hi. Hi. Cool. Glad to be here. Thank you for uh, for doing this. Well, you you know, I'm really ha- I'm really excited for your perspective. So let's get into it. Um, can you from what is your perspective on feminism as a black woman? I think feminism from a black woman's perspective is basically loving women and loving um, ourselves, like me personally learning how to love myself and then me giving that knowledge out to other women, learning how to respect myself, giving that knowledge out to other women, learning how to honor myself and then giving that knowledge out to other women as well. And being able to stand up for ourselves and be in spaces that we normally were, were not normally invited um, and having a voice when normally we don't have a voice. So I, to me, that's what feminism means. Um, we say uh, spaces where you don't feel invited. Can you kind of dwell more in that? So um, before I came on to Fancy, I worked for an organization called the Children's Initiative, and I was able to sit in the room um, with a lot of educational people. We were contracted with the San, San Diego City um, SDCOE, so San Diego County of Ed. And um, my position allowed me to sit at the table with a lot of people that did not look like me, um, being that they were usually white and male and older. Um, and then if they were not white, male and old, older, they were other than um, and male and older. And then every now and then you'd see a black male, every now and then you'd see like a Hispanic or a Latina, every now and then you see an Asian. And so as a black woman and an educated black woman, it's important for me to be in these spaces and be a representation for people that look like me. Um, not just my color, but also me being a female. I think it's, that's a huge responsibility and something that we need to be doing as we're moving into the into 2020. Um, and so when I say spaces, I mean spaces like that. Um, career spaces, educational spaces, um, let's say, um, spiritual spaces but where as women we are walking in alignment with what men need and what not what men need but walking in alignment as far as like here a man may be in this position but here I am as a woman and I could be in this position as well um and that we're getting fair pay and we're being um spoken to on the same levels and we're getting the same benefits that everybody else is getting um as a black woman I think that's even more so a need because we're still not getting paid what our counterparts are being paid. And so that's really, really important for me. So something I've learned as a black woman in feminism, I can't even say the word. Um, As a black woman is, it's good to be in these spaces, Mm -hmm. but it's also good to create our own spaces. Mm -hmm. So in one hand, it's important to sit at the table on the other hand, it's important to create our own table and make sure that we're sitting at that table as well. No, definitely, definitely agree. So I'm curious what's, what's going on in the world, you know, mm-hmm. our political climate. So we have the Black uh, Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. and also the Me Too movement right. and Fair Pay. So all these things are um, sprouting because of the political climate. Absolutely. You know, and what do you see is the most prevalent as a Black woman for your community? So the Me Too movement was created by a black woman, which is amazing because at the end of the day, um, 
although our counterparts have taken over it, I, when I look at the Me Too movement, I think of Black Lives Matter, and I just think that we are just an extension of that movement, um, just in a different way, in a different capacity. I think it all goes in the same um, bubble, per se, but at the same time, um, the Me Too movement has been really real and really serious and something that we have been facing all of our lives. So this is not something that came out a year ago or three years ago. This is something that we have been dealing with and facing for generations upon generations upon generations. And so as a black woman, my hat goes off to all of these women, but especially other black women, because now we're being able to hold space and we're being able to say the things that we've gone through without fear and without the, um, the judgment that we've had in the past, uh, the whole Me Too movement reminds me of the R. Kelly um, situation. And that, I remember watching it and I remember crying my eyes out because I am also a victim and, and not even a victim, I don't like to say victim, I am also a survivor. And so being able to say and to look and to, and to feel like this, this movement resonated with me um, and that black women are finally being heard was really, really important because all of my life I have seen someone or heard someone say to me, it's not that important, or I don't believe you, or are you sure it happened this way, or what did you do to make this happen to you? And so me too is to me very powerful because all of that that was being said to me at a young age, yeah. now it's like I feel validated in my experiences and in my survival. Um, and so I just love the Me Too movement. And then for Black Lives Matter, that is my heart because I find myself really sitting there and having conversations about with people about what that means. What does Black Lives Matter mean? And for me as a mother, as a wife, it looks a little bit different because I have a child. And so when I say Black Lives Matter and I'm talking to my child about it when she gets old enough, it's me saying to her, you matter. Like, what you're going yes. through matters. Um, if you get pulled over, this is what you do. Your life matters. Um, this is how you speak. This is how you communicate. This is how you engage with people because your life matters. So I want to be able to teach her that that doesn't mean that you're better than anybody else. It just means that you matter too. In a world where the TV, we, me and my husband were watching TV the other day and the commercial after commercial after commercial, not one of them looked like people that had my face. And it's 2020. So for me, the Black Lives Matter movement is being able to tell my children and my godchildren and my cousins and my family that are younger than me, listen, your life matters and let me show you how and let me see, let me educate you on the things that we've been doing so that the world knows that our lives matter. Yeah. Um, people always get it twisted when they say all lives matter. No, it's not about yeah. that. Because at the end of the day, when you get into your car, do you fear for your life? When I get into my car, I can fear for my life. When a, when a cop comes behind me, I'm saying a prayer, like, please help them pass me. Knowing that at any moment something can happen to me because it's not just black men out there dying It's black women out there dying, too And I'm not saying it's not just black people out there dying. However, we are dying in more rapid numbers mm, and yes. It's happening. It's just happening more often and Everybody knows I hate to say this but not a lot of people like to talk about it that are not in our community But everybody knows the way the cops feel about us and so until we can break down those barriers I believe the Black Lives Matter movement is so needed and so necessary. Now, definitely, 
Uh, <clears throat> so you mentioned a couple things. Um, the fact that, you know, you always have to code switch. Mm-hmm. You know, how is that experience like? Especially with, as you mentioned, being in those rooms where decisions are being made mm-hmm. for behalf of the community and it's not reflective right. of certain parts right. of the community, especially certain genders. Right. You know, so um, how is that like for you? It's something that I've been taught to do since I was a little girl. So my mom is a uh, registered nurse and she's now as a director of nurses in Palm Springs. And so just to give you some like background, she always was in those spaces when I was growing up. And so there was never a time that I did not see my mom as one of the only black women on the board. Um, My parents had me in private school growing up and so I was in a school full of mostly white children and so my mom sat on the school board and she was one of the only black parents to sit on the school board and so my mom taught me how to and my dad but for sure my mom taught me at a very young age how to speak several languages in that you know there is a time and place for everything Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. must make sure that you can um, be true to yourself but also when it's time to be responsible be responsible when it's time to be professional be professional when it's time to um, speak up speak up when it's time to listen you need to listen and so being in these spaces are not as uncomfortable for me because I'm used to it um, but I will say the more like I had a baby and I got married and I, when I went to grad school, I was out of the community. Yeah. And so coming back into the community um, as a mom, as a wife, it was a different uh, hat. And being able to be comfortable in that hat has been different and more difficult than it was when I was younger. Um, only because now I'm trying to get back into the groove of yeah. like what postpartum looks like and what um like you know life looks like yeah. now as a mother especially like the responsibilities you Absolutely. know i mean on different i could only um imagine the levels of responsibility Absolutely. for your child your spouse Absolutely. your community Absolutely. Um, how do you juggle that this new framework and mm-hmm. all these layers of responsibility you have you know? support Support definitely. I have a lot of family, I have an extended family, and so I have a lot of support. Um, my husband is very supportive, and that is like amazing. And I, I married a black man, which is such an amazing thing, um, because he understands exactly where I'm coming from and the things that I'm going through, but from a different perspective, as that he's a male and he's a black male. But because we share the same um, experiences for the most part. He's very understanding and very like, let me help you, let me make your life easier, which is so amazing to have. Um, And then I have a huge family, I have a huge extended family, and even my professional family is my extended family. Um, And so I was always raised like, if I win, you win, we all win. And so I keep that like like, very close to my heart so that when I do have an issue where I can't balance, all I have to do is make a phone call. And I also, like, have a relationship with God. So Mm. that, like, my spiritual relationship really helps and keeps me centered. And so if I did not have that, I think I'd be all over the place. And sometimes I'm still all over the place. But Mm. they keep me centered. Yeah. Like, my family keeps me centered. Awesome. So can you give a takeaway? Because what things, um, the things in this conversation resonated was the need for role models. So what do you, I mean, can you... 
um, give your take on, on that, especially moving forward, and how can you be, you know, an example and you know to your community. So role models, role models are so important. I um, grew up, I'm adopted, and so my parents, the community that they provided for me was such so amazing. The concept, the African philosophy, the African saying that it takes a village to raise a child. It literally took a village to raise me. So it wasn't just my mom and my dad. It was like my mom and my dad and my aunts and my uncles and my godmom and my goddad and, and my grandparents and um, my church family. And so when I think of that, I think of like to now, right? And like how can I set an example now and how can I give that back to my community? Well, I'm doing it. As I'm in Fancy, as I'm in Detour, I'm able to reach young girls all over the city of San Diego and that mm -hmm. part and mentor them and that part has been super amazing. And then when I'm not in Detour Fancy, I am like in my church community or if I'm not in my church community, I am a spoken word artist and I'll be out in the art community. I believe in community and I believe in teaching our children what community looks like and so making sure I go to the local things in South, that Southeast have has like when they have their fairs or have their certain days like their Kumba Fest is this weekend um, doing stuff like that and then that's you lead by example so making sure that I lead by example yeah and very one last question you know how can us male especially male colors support women and you know how can especially like black males and so forth um in your opinion being being transparent and being honest um and not being afraid to speak up when they see that something wrong is happening um really just being able to speak up and then if they don't have the courage to speak up because sometimes not all of us have a voice and know how to use our voice being able to just when you see me in the street say hello say hi, ask me how I'm doing, um, and then vice versa, because I must teach you how to, I must teach other people how to love me like they must teach me how to love them. And so just being open and honest with themselves about how they view us, and then in return, um, get to know us so that they know like a lot of our stereotypes are not what they look like, um, and that, that it is what it is, a stereotype. Yes. Um, I think that would really help us in our community. Awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me.